This is the perfect game for Washington Commanders running back Brian Robinson Jr. to go off for his team. I'm going to tell you why that and more coming up right now on Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting this podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked On Commanders Insider program where you get news, inside scoops, information, and exclusive content delivered directly to your phone from me one-on-one via text message straight to you. No searching for hashtags, no searching through timelines. You don't got to Google anything. You get all of it straight to your handy-dandy cell phone. Always excited to add new members, and we've got another bonus episode. Not a bonus episode. We've got an insider perk coming this weekend, our first Commander Huddle the uh, a, a, an exclusive insider only mailbag episode. I will be dropping that to all of you Saturday afternoon as we get ready for week 10 Washington commanders at the Seattle Seahawks join locked on commanders insiders now and be in the know all the time. Go to join subtext.com slash locked on commanders to sign up first two weeks are free. If you like it, stick around. If you don't, I appreciate you giving it a try. I'm David Harrison, your host of this program on Twitter at T Harrison 82 credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, everydayers, I appreciate your continued support for the show. This episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. On today's episode, We're going to take a look at one last injury report for each team coming up week 10, Seattle Seahawks, Washington Commanders. I'm going to cover my three keys to a Commanders victory, and we're going to discuss what Jack Del Rio's defense is likely going to see on Sunday from the Seattle Seahawks offense. But first, offense wins games. So let's talk about Sam Howell and what he and Eric Biennemi are going to be up against facing the Seattle Seahawks defense led by head coach Pete Carroll and defensive coordinator Clint Hurt. Looking at the Seattle Seahawks, uh, defense talking about team rankings first, first and foremost. So far this season, the Seahawks are averaging or ranking average in the NFL, so about 16, 17 or better in yards per play, 5.09 yards per play allowed, 13th in the NFL, so slightly above average. Yards per pass play, they're averaging 6.21 given up. That's 10th best in the National Football League. And their sack rate is 9.03%. That's ninth best in the National Football League. Uh, They're below average in yards per run play, 4.23 yards given up, 21st in the NFL. Interception rate, 17th in the NFL. First downs allowed, they're 29th in the NFL. Third down percentage, 30th in the NFL. Red zone defense, 28th. Goal to go defense, 29th. So a pretty heavy stack towards the bottom half of the league versus the top half of the league. Three significant statistical categories where the Seahawks rank in the top half. And then you've got six where they rank in the bottom half. Uh, The commander's advantage, when you look at all that data compiled, is the run game. And that is where Brian Robinson Jr., I believe, can and hopefully will 
uh, contribute to what Sam Howell, Eric Bieniemy, and the Washington Bears offense is going to do this weekend in Week 10, where the Seahawks appear to have the advantage looking at the metrics. You have pass rushing and tackling. This team is 15th in missed tackles. That's right, 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 right there at the uh, the middle line of the NFL. Uh, they've got two per game on average, 16 total for the season. So they're only missing tackles at a clip about two every week. Uh, that's not very. That's not a whole lot. So you can't really count on the Seattle Seahawks defense to just give you poor tackling form to allow you to get more yards on the ground or after catch all of those things. Formationally, when you're looking at the Seattle Seahawks defense, you're more most likely to face a two-four-five formation two down defensive linemen four linebackers or four guys standing up uh, and then five defensive backs behind them about 60 percent of the time you're going to see that second formation that they're going to use is a three three five look three down linemen three linebackers five dbs that's the second most popular look uh from the seattle seahawks defense against the two four five defensive look so far this season the washington commanders have run the ball 37 times this season, they've gained 167 yards. That's 4.51 yards per carry, and they scored two touchdowns. That's a 5.4% touchdown rate. Ten times the ball carrier has been hit at the line of scrimmage. It's 27%, and they've been stuffed on 11 or a four, four runs, rather. That's an 11% stuff right now. Those numbers are actually better than the team's overall averages in yards per carry, touchdown rate, hits at the line of scrimmage, and times stuffed this season. Insiders, I sent you some of those Washington Commanders team rushing stats. Before this episode, you can reference those uh, in comparison to running against uh, the 2-4-5 formation that CLC Hawks like to use. So, Commander's offense is already running the ball really well. You guys already know that. We've we've talked about it time and time again. Every day, you're going to recognize that from other other episodes as well. But they're doing it even better against 2-4-5 looks, which, again, Seattle's favorite. So, that bodes well for the Washington Commander's rushing attack and has, in fact, been the most used defensive look each week for Coach Hurts' group. So, again, uh, defensive coordinator for the, LC, for the Seattle Seahawks. This isn't just an overall 2-4-5 favorite. Uh, he's used that the most of any defensive alignment in his playbook uh, every single week so far this season. So expect to see that alignment more so than anything, and especially on first down, especially on second down being the second most likely, but making first down runs against the Seattle Seahawks statistically likely because of that look, but it's actually second down where teams find the most success against this 2-4-5 Seattle defense. This season, Seattle's defense is surrendering 5.2 yards per carry on average every second down they come out in the 2-4-5 alignment. That's the second most in the NFL behind only the Denver Broncos. Fortunately, the commanders have played the Denver Broncos. So we have a little bit of a case study to look at. In week two against the Broncos, the commanders ran the ball eight times for 42 yards, averaging 5.3 yards per carry against the 2-4-5 or the two four five defensive alignment they scored a touchdown on one of those plays and converted first downs on six of the eight times they ran against the Denver Broncos two four five again the Broncos two four five the only defense allowing more yards per carry than the Seattle Seahawks and not only are the Seahawks around surrounding the second most rushing yards per play on second down in that formation they're also giving up 3.9 yards after contact on those second downs the most in the NFL so not a lot of missed tackles here for this defense but when they're coming a lot of those are coming on second downs. If we want to get even further in the weeds on this, running to the right side tackle or off the right side tackle, opponents are averaging 6.6 yards per carry gained against the Seattle Seahawks defense. So that's the defensive right side. That's the offense's left side. Additional tendencies to look at from the Seahawks defense. Uh, they're, they're going to line up with a light box more often than not. They're going to use those linebackers to cover space instead of trying to clog space. And they like to use two high shells 
which makes going deep against them dangerous at times. We know EB likes the deep ball. We know Sam likes the deep ball. With two high safeties, more times than not, that's going to be a little bit trickier this weekend, and Sam's going to need to rein a little bit of that in. Mostly zone coverage uh, against the Seattle Seahawks defense. They tend to do it straight up. They really don't tend to, to, to disguise a whole lot, so it's going to be kind of a, a, a different look than we saw against the New England Patriots who like to creep guys up, roll them out, rotate guys over. The Seattle Seahawks kind of just like to line up and say, you know what, we're going to be better than you, and we're going to beat you. But bottom line, Sam House pre-snap reads are going to be incredibly critical and reading those zones and seeing the guys creeping to the left and right uh, behind a target are going to be incredibly important for Sam Howell this weekend. For the most part, the Seahawks like to leave a defender in the middle of the field, whether it's a safety dropping down or a linebacker dropping back, so you can't get free chicken there like we've seen uh, them be able to do against some other opponents, and the Seahawks like to bring a four-man rush. But, but remember, 2-4-5 formation, you got two down linemen, but they like to bring four rushers, which means pre-snap, the shifts and all those, the, the, the blocking calls, they're going to have to try to decipher which two defenders are coming in addition to those two down linemen. That's going to be really important to helping Sam Howell uh, avoid the sacks and hopefully go a third straight game with three sacks or fewer in a single week. Seattle does blitz 26% of the time. That's 12th most in the NFL, not the most aggressive defense that the commanders will face this season or have faced this season, but still aggressive enough that if Sam is not sharp on those pre-snap reads, if the line shifts aren't accurate, uh, could cause some problems. That's what the Seattle Seahawks defense is going to present to the Washington Commanders offense. Now let's flip sides of the ball and look at the Seattle Seahawks, Seahawks offense against Jack Del Rio's defense. Coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. I pick three players every I pick three player projections every Thursday night football matchup. I went with Panthers quarterback Bryce Young to get more than 10 and a half yards rushing. Bears tight end Cole commit to get more than 37 and a half yards receiving and new Bears defensive end Montez sweats, as you know, to get more than 0.75 sacks. Montez is the only one that didn't deliver, but I still had a ton of fun. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code locked on NFL at pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. The show is also sponsored by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together for wins. We get sad together for losses, who starts, who sits, all the conversations. And I'm thankful for the connections that we have today, though. This chat needs to get a little bit more personal because whether you're on extended travel, bracing for major weather events, or limited by yet another supply short shortage, you are covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and long lists of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics like Cialis, Viagra, Viagra, and Revadio prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, quotes, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half in order to have it. 
I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for anyone. End quote. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any any daily medication, go to just jasemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen today and every day and every day. Again, thank you very much for coming through consistently. Like you do, football season is in mid-season form, and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs are breaking down every game, and they're helping you get ready for your matchups, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, you get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. So find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked on NFL YouTube channel. Flip it over now from the commander's offense and what they're going to see against the Seattle Seahawks to the commander's defense and what Geno Smith, Coach Pete Carroll, and offensive coordinator coordinator Shane Waldron are most likely to bring up against the commander's defense. Rankings, once again, what the Seahawks are good at this season so far, yards per play, they're 10th in the NFL, rush yards per play, they're 15th, pass yards per play, 13th, sacks per pass play, 15th, so right in the middle of their quarterback getting sacked. Points per game, 21.4. That's 16th, so that's right smack dab on the line between being good and being bad. What the Seattle Seahawks offense is bad at, interception rate is 2.7%. It's 23rd in the NFL, not good. First downs, 18.3 per game, 22nd in the league. Their field goal percentage is 25th in the NFL. And again, the higher you get in these numbers, the worse off you are. 30th on third down percentage, 21st in red zone percentage, 21st in goal-to-go percentage, and 31st in time of possession. So look at those numbers. The commanders get their advantage from opportunities to get off the field. Again, you look at not a lot of first downs, not very good on third down, not very good in the red zone, not very good in goal-to-go. And when you force them to kick field goals, they're missing those field goals more than about uh, seven teams more only seven teams are missing field goals more often than the Seattle Seahawks are right now of course the key there you want to keep them to longer field goals as much as possible right so that's going to be part of the key but you see the commanders should have some opportunities if they can play some sound defense to get off the field prevent the Seattle Seahawks from controlling the clock again 31st in time of possession very steadily holding the ball for less than half the game this season against their opponents Seahawks the Seahawks advantage from where the numbers speak between the 20s Geno Smith is 17th in the NFL in passing yards between the 20s 12th inside the red zone so in theory you kind of look at it and say well he's actually better in the red zone than he is in the rest of the field but the reason he's got more passing yards in the red zone than a lot of other quarterbacks is because the Seahawks cannot run the ball inside the red zone they are 26th in rushing this season inside the red zone while they're 20th between the 20s. So the epitome of a bend-don't-break opponent. You might see the commanders give up some yards. You might see them give up a few more first downs than you like. But at the end of the day, they should be able to, or hopefully will be able to, buckle down when it matters the most for some of those field goals and hope that that 30th-ranked field goal 
or 25th ranked, sorry, field goal uh, operation comes through and you'll leave some points out on the field there uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Looking formationally, primarily the Seattle Seahawks are going to come out 11 personnel. 11 personnel is clearly the most popular formation uh, or personnel package rather to use in the NFL today. And the Seattle Seahawks are no different. So far this season, they've got 204 dropbacks. Uh, so, so pass call plays uh, out of 11 personnel. Only seven targets have gone to inline tight ends in 11 personnel. So when you see inline tight ends in the Seattle Seahawks 11 personnel package, I'm not saying it's not going to be a pass play, but the tight end has not really been a part of that equation. That's good news for the Washington Commanders because typically that tight end is against a linebacker or against a smaller defensive back, and that's not what you want. But Seattle Seahawks also have some coaches. They may see the opportunities there, uh, decide to take them. Only 6.3 yards per attempt right now. In 11 personnel, it's 27th in the NFL. Their completion percentage as a team is below 60% in 11 personnel. Uh, so all that bodes well for the Washington Commanders defense potentially. And they're giving up the fifth most pressures in the National Football League. 42.4% of the time, the Seahawks drop back in 11 personnel. They're giving up a pressure on their quarterback. That rate is higher than the Washington Commanders rate. And I know you all know how much Sam Howell has been pressured in, in 11 personnel just in general. But the Seahawks actually giving up more pressures per pass attempt in 11 personnel than the Washington Commanders are currently a little bit over halfway through the season. Uh, they're 28th in rushing offense out of 11 personnel. Only 4.2 yards per carry is 24th. 23.8% uh, stuff rate is second highest in the NFL again when rushing out of uh, 11 personnel. So the Seahawks love 11 personnel, but they're not doing a whole lot of great stuff in 11 personnel. Where they're having their most success is in 12 personnel. 56% of the time the, the Seahawks come out in 56 per, or in uh, 12 personnel, they are successful. That is the second highest success rate in the NFL. Their yards per carry climbed to 4.7. It's about half a yard more than they get in 11 personnel. That's fourth in the National Football League. They get 9.8 yards per pass attempt out of 12% or out of 12 personnel with an 87% completion rate. That's an incredibly high completion rate out of 12 personnel. 12 of their 46 total throws out of 12 personnel go to tight ends. So you see the tight ends get a little bit more involved. You have more tight ends on the field, more tight ends get involved, right? It seems to make sense. It kind of correlates, right? The commanders are allowing 62.3% of passes from 11 personnel groupings to be completed. That's 13th best in the NFL. I say best because it's in the upper half uh, of the NFL defenses. It is kind of right in the middle, but they are allowing a QBR of 109.7. So how are you allowing fewer than 63% completion rate, but you're still giving up a QBR well over 100 it's because you've also given up 13 touchdowns to 11 personnel looks, and you've only got two interceptions. Against 12 personnel, Washington has surrendered four touchdowns, picked off two passes, and they're allowing less than 60% of those passes to be completed. So it's a little bit of strength on strength, strength on weakness type of deal here. The commanders are actually defending 12 personnel packages better than they are 11, and the Seahawks are actually executing out of 12 personnel packages better than they are 11. So... It's kind of one of those situations where if the Seahawks can't take advantage of the commander's weakness against 11 personnel, maybe they try to switch to 12, which they are more successful at, but it also matches where the commander's defense is more successful. So again, expect to see a lot more 11 than you do 12, but depending on the game flow, you might see the Seahawks flip that 12 personnel just a little bit more. Some additional tendencies, Seahawks leading receiver DK Metcalf is actually doing his best work when Seattle's in 12 personnel again. I assume it's because Smith is getting more time. More blockers, more 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 inline receivers means the defense can't be as aggressive, and the tight ends require closer coverage, uh, which takes some defenders out of the deep part of the field for him and takes some zone attention away from him as well to give him more space. 
Uh, Seattle's average throw depth is actually 8.5 yards, which is tied for seventh deepest in the league. Uh, and if you combine that with the 2.95 seconds time to throw average for quarterback Geno Smith, what that tells me is that he likes to get the ball out quick, but he also likes to do that targeting the intermediate and deep parts of the field, which is really interesting because it means he's leaning on his pre-snap reads a lot more than maybe some quarterbacks do. Oftentimes, if he can't find someone quick, the offensive line is in turn giving up pressure. So it's kind of a feast or famine deal. But if you're a Washington Commanders defender and you're in a middle zone or a deep zone, you still got to be ready for a quick pass to come your way. Seattle also likes to run through the A-gaps mostly, meaning Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, could see plenty of action in that respect. And uh, also, Casey Tuhill, James Smith-Williams, I want to see them get a little bit more aggressive uh, this weekend, get up the field, get pressure on Smith when he does hold on to the ball past that 2.95 seconds. Those are the tendencies I would like to see Washington take advantage of when they face the Seattle Seahawks uh, offense this weekend. What does it all mean, though? My three keys to victory coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. This time, a, this time of year can be a lot. It's a natural feeling for some to feel sadness or anxiety or just stressed out about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and the change, something you can look forward to, something that helps you feel grounded, and it gives you the tools to manage everything going on around you. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. Any stress in life can stress you out. And if it does, therapy can help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Your Washington Commanders are taking on the Seattle Seahawks on the road at 425 p.m. Eastern time. Catch every snap of the Commanders hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the Sirius XM app. Just search Commanders. And while you're there, you might just hear a familiar voice during the game broadcast. Now, we've gone over some tendencies, uh, told you what I've seen on tape, what I've seen in the numbers and kind of put it all together into uh, about a 20 minute or so scouting report here. So what does all of that really mean? How do the Washington Commanders navigate all that information and come out with a win well those are my three keys to victory key number one is going to be and you probably can tell this by the title of the episode and the thumbnail for the episode if you're on youtube run b rob run that's my first key uh in this in this thing uh three times this season brian robinson jr running back for the washington commanders has had over 15 carries washington has won all three of those games and a lot of times we can say well yeah running back is a lot of carries is because of the game flow they're trying to melt the clock and that's true in a lot of cases. But in this case, these three games that Brian Robinson has had 15 or more carries have actually come in very different ways. The first one against Arizona was more of a pace of game, control the ball situation, not like the Washington Commanders leading the entire afternoon. It actually was a situation where coming out of the locker room in halftime, it was, hey, lean on the defense and just do as much as you can on the offense to make sure that we salt this thing away. And they were able to do that against Denver. It was a somewhat... Uh, unbalanced situation, but it's trying to stay as balanced as possible, keep the Broncos defense as as honest as possible while trying to mount a comeback and eventually earning a fourth quarter comeback there 
uh, in the Mile High City. Last week against New England, I think that was about the most balanced we've seen this Washington Commanders offense this season. Uh, and it worked well because Washington could have actually had a multi-score win if it weren't for a couple of self-inflicted wounds, including a fumble, unfortunately, from Brian Robinson Jr. But that is going to happen from time to time. So three games where Brian Robinson has had 15 or more carries, three wins, all three of those game flows really quite different when you look deep into it. So giving the ball to Brian Robinson, letting him kind of get going and kind of get rolling as the game moves on can only spell good things for the Washington Commanders. As I mentioned in segment one of, of this uh, this episode, the Seahawks run defense has proven to be very vulnerable, especially to the defense's right side, which is the offense's left side, which happens to be where Washington is doing its best running this season as well. So, I mean, look, your strength is matching up against their weakness. There's no reason not to take advantage of it. Would really be uh, very happy to see Brian Robinson get another heavy-handed uh, game. I'd like to see the Washington Bears run the ball about 30 times designed, so that's not counting Sam Howell scrambles uh, in this game. Give 20 of those to Brian Robinson, give six of them to Antonio Gibson, and then give four of them to Chris Rodriguez Jr., and then, of course, sprinkle in some passes here uh, as well. I think that's a really good recipe for how the Washington Commanders can beat the Seattle Seahawks in Week 10. Key number two, hold Seattle to three or fewer explosive plays. If you're an insider, we've been texting about it all week. If you watch the press conferences, you probably heard Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera talk about the explosive plays. I had flat out asked Coach Del Rio during his press conference this week. I said, "What can you? if you can put your finger on exactly what is plaguing your defense so from, from becoming that top 10 unit and, and all those things, what would it be? And he said, it's the explosive plays. The Seattle Seahawks are averaging just over three explosive pass completions. Uh, pass completions coming with 15 or more air yards per game. In two of their three losses this season, they completed no more than three of those, but they're three and one when they get more than three. So in the one loss they took when they had more than three explosive passes, it was the Bengals that they lost to. They lost that game 17-13, uh, and, and the Cincinnati Bengals intercepted Geno Smith twice on top of it. So they gave up a couple more explosive plays, but they also got some defensive explosive plays themselves, taking the ball away from the Seahawks. In the two games that Seattle has won this season, where they didn't get at least three explosive passes, they had, with Seahawks defense, that is, they had three takeaways in each of those games. So again, those are explosive plays. Passes are explosive plays. Runs are explosive plays. No more than three explosive plays surrendered to the Seattle Seahawks uh, team on in week 10 on Saturday on Sunday rather uh, and the Washington Commanders will have an option or an opportunity to win this game in any combination look if Sam Howell throws three picks that's three defensive explosives for the Seahawks defense but the Commanders don't give up a single explosive on offense they will have an opportunity to win vice versa if Washington's defense gives up three explosive plays but the offense plays clean they will have a shot to win so whatever however it comes however it doesn't come no more than three explosive plays can be allowed for the Seahawks in week 10. Key number three, sack Geno Smith four times or more. And I'm specifically looking at the Washington Commanders' left side of their defensive line to help get two or three of those, maybe one or two of them at least. Seattle is three and four since Geno Smith joined the team when he's sacked four or more times. And he's six and nine all time when he's sacked four or more times. And in two of the team's three losses this season, he has been sacked four or more times. Get to the quarterback. Knock him off his spot, make him uncomfortable. Right tackle Stone Forsyth is the lowest graded pass blocker on the Seahawks starting offensive line. He's got a 46.6 pass blocking grade. He's given up two sacks and 21 total pressures this season. I want to see James Smith-Williams and Andre Jones Jr. put pressure on him, taking advantage of that weakness. Those are my three keys. Again, four sacks on Geno Smith or more. No more than three explosive plays given up to the Seahawks defense. 
or uh, team in general. And Brian Robinson Jr., this has got to be a game where he breaks. I mean, I don't say break out. He's already kind of known, but certainly an opportunity for him to break out even more uh, on this NFL season. Game status reports for both teams. The Washington Commanders, the only player questionable is wide receiver Curtis Samuel. He's got a toe injury. I get the feeling, though, just from being around the team this week, I, I'm pretty confident that Curtis Samuel is going to play uh, this weekend. And, and you know, we'll see. Hopefully nothing happens, knock on wood, between now and then. Uh, the, the team is already in Seattle, if you didn't know that. Seattle Seahawks, they will be without offensive lineman Anthony Bradford, questionable linebacker Jordan Brooks, running back DJ Dallas, tight end Colby Parkinson, running back Kenny McIntosh. Uh, I get the feeling from looking at Seattle media that most of those guys are going to be good to go. Kenny McIntosh. We'll see if he ends up on the active roster. Uh, the offensive lineman, Bradford, he's the backup right guard. Uh, he's at the fourth most snaps on the offensive line this season because starter Phil Haynes missed time, but Haynes is back and healthy, uh, and he's got better blocking metrics. We'd actually rather have Bradford in there, but he's out for this game. Haynes is back in. My prediction for this weekend, wrapping up the episode, I started off the week saying that I thought a six-point spread in favor of the Seahawks was actually about right. It's now a five-and-a-half-point spread in favor of the Seahawks on FanDuel. And the more I watch, the more I research, guys, I kind of feel good about this game. I think Washington covers the spread, and I'm actually going to take the commanders to upset the Seattle Seahawks at home. Don't let me down, Coach Del Rio. The defense is going to be the big one here. I'm taking Washington 25-20. to 20. I said earlier this week, if the Washington commanders can't put up 25 points on a team, if I can't think that's a reasonable expectation, it's going to be hard for me to pick the commanders. I do think they can put up 25 points on the Seahawks defense. Again. We'll see how aggressive Sam uh, and Eric Bianami get uh, attacking the deep part of that defense. That's going to be a big part of this. Brian Robinson, hopefully, will be a big part of this, too, and containing those explosives. It would be the fifth time this season that Washington's held an opponent to 20 points or less, and Washington is 3-1 and one when doing so. Coming up, I'll be going live after the Commander's next win over the uh, Seattle Seahawks. So make sure you come back for that. In the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, throw them in the YouTube comment section. Hit me on Twitter or become a Locked On Commander's Insider and text me directly by going to joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnCommanders. As always, thank you for making LockedOnCommanders on your first listen, your first view today and every day. Every day, as always, greatly appreciate you. And I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mm -hmm.